Hello, beautiful people. You are listening to the Communal Table Podcast, part of Food & Wine Pro. Ah, today's topic is um, pretty heavy and might uh, trigger some some feelings, some uh, emotions. Um, so I just want to upfront say that it, it's... If you need to uh, check into any resources, Crisis Text Line is right there for you. A uh, uh, text away at 741741. RAIN, R A I N N, is an incredible uh, resource for sexual abuse uh, survivors. And uh, if you um, want to spread the word on those particular uh, entities, they'll be really helpful. Because my guest today is one of the bravest human beings I have ever met. And she has broken in the world open for people, not just in the restaurant industry, but women around the world for speaking up and being a, a, a whistleblower, being a truth teller, putting her own face and her own name out there in the face of the uh, sexual harassment and abuse in the restaurant industry. Thank you so much for being here, Trish Nelson. I am really, really, really grateful that you are here today and for everything that you have done so far. Um, let's talk about where you are in town and what you were doing yesterday. Well, thank you so much for having me. And um, I'm in town because I'm one of the women who worked for Ken Friedman and April Bloomfield at the Spotted Pig and the Breslin. And, um, and I uh, came forward about the abuse in their restaurants and the abuse of Ken Friedman and um, and so we stood with the Attorney General yesterday because our case has closed and thank God so <laughs> this has been how many months in the making? Well, a year and a half with the Attorney General, so they've mm -hmm. been in doing an investigation and it's not light. You know, they have to yeah. corroborate every story. They have to make sure that it's everything is accurate and um, and so. I I wasn't planning I wasn't planning on coming to, to New York this week. <laughs> this is uh, not a fun <laughs> little giant like jaunt to New York. Let's say. But I'm just I, I, it, it's such a release because you know this has just been looming mm -hmm. um, for for so long and to have some closure is uh, it, it gives me a sense of of peace. So uh, I I told you yesterday you you shook the world um, starting. I guess it was a year and a half ago or so, uh, because you weren't just you know one of the people in the case, you were one of the first public faces. It, it's incredibly hard to uh, corroborate and report and uh, you know properly process cases that are built around uh, sexual harassment and, and abuse in any industry whatsoever. Definitely in the restaurant industry where uh, particular players in this case are known for blackballing people from the entire industry, and you've been part of the in, uh, the restaurant industry for. Oh, well, I start my first job. I'm 42, and my mm -hmm. first uh, service industry job was when I was 13. So okay. 14, 14, not 13. Yeah. Um, so so you're yeah. working in this place that has this mm -hmm. this culture uh, mm -hmm. around it of uh, you know it's seen from the outside as this party party place. And it turns out what was happening on the inside was was much, much darker. And you're working there and you're not just seeing this happen. Some of the stuff is being done to you as as well. And it's and Spotted Pig, a glamour spot owned by a lot of celebrities. Of course. <laughs> and the 
threat of not being able to be part of this industry that you've been in since you were 13 years old. It's well, huge. And, you know, I mean, I, I do, I've done this because I'm a creative person and because I absolutely love the restaurant industry. Mm -hmm. I think this is such a fabulous, uh, food is such a communal fab expression of humanity. It's what brings mm -hmm. us together. It's, it's everything that I believe in. I, I, so I've been deeply ingrained in this culture mm -hmm. and, and, and a believer of this culture. Um, but also it's such a complicated issue when you have uh, exposure of something that threatens lifestyle choices. Right, so, right. Because it's a hard ask to say to the well-heeled or people who just enjoy restaurant culture, mm -hmm. um, hey, I want to show you what's going on behind the scenes of your favorite restaurant. How do you feel about that? Oh, you still you don't want to hear that? I totally get it. Like, you know, because yeah. like, oh. you love that burger or whatever. Right. And, and Damn good burger, it's but great it's, burger. no burger is as good as the one well-being of humans people. and that's yeah. and that's what I think is the co most complicated divide between the well-heeled and the working class because mm -hmm. a lot of people who work in blue-collar professions mm -hmm. like I do um, we are lifestyle enhancers so yes. we're creating an atmosphere that makes your life more efficient and more comfortable and more not you personally cat but, but, but like but the no, world but society no, definitely because <laughs> you go to a restaurant and somebody is taking care of you yes. and you get to breathe for a moment and you go to a place like the pig and it feels like something is elevated you feel like you're in on something you feel lucky to of be course. there and you feel like oh maybe i'm gonna rub elbows with you know a particular person and then up in this on the third floor in particular mm -hmm. chock full of celebrities and you don't want to pop that that bubble of course and that's our job as a service i mean that was what was so complicated about ken and april's establishments mm -hmm. is that behind the scenes it was so toxic yeah it was so abusive what does that look like and, and you don't have to i don't want it, you to pick a wound here or well, but just so people understand it 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 it's the way that the the <laughs> the workers that have my friends that have been a part of their establishments building their empires mm -hmm. the way that those of us who have left their um clutches <laughs> we speak about it like in the sense that we've we've left a cult. Yeah. Um, they are master manipulators. They are abusive in the way that they, one of their, one of their joys, sadistic joys is that it's like having two abusive, uh, like alcoholic or drug addled parents where you don't know what you're going to get on any day, a given day. And they will, um, they love to rip your livelihood away. I mean, April fired me on a whim one day, and then they rehired me. And then people, some people get fired and rehired within like four times within a year. Oh it's like this, like we can take this away from you at any given moment. So then there's this culture of control that begins to seep in. Work at those places. And, <laughs> and so you're constantly on high alert because mm -hmm. these people, A, because you feel, I mean, the, the, it's odd how the more abusive a place is the more connected the staff is you know what it, it's it's sort of like in families where this happens the way the siblings tend to bond right it's like only we know what this is There's, yeah we're in the trenches You're, together that's the thing is there is this military aspect to kitchens in the brigade system but also in this particular camaraderie that comes up in the foxhole and also in the PTSD that happens once you have survived a particularly uh, toxic situation where people don't under understand they might say to you oh why didn't you just quit and 
There are a million complicated reasons. So what would you say to the straw man here? I am not saying this to you, but I know this is probably the thing that was asked of you. Of course. Well, and quit and go where? That. Mm. To, I mean, it's pervasive throughout the entire restaurant culture. So there's different layers and different levels of like, well, is how abusive is this restaurant? We know it's going to be abusive, mm-hmm. but like, how abusive is it going to be? I mean, yeah. there is not a place, and I've worked at, t- I mean, I'm a loyalist, so I haven't worked at a thousand different restaurants. Right, right. But, but you're for pro. years, you're I've veteran. been at, like, I was with Ken and April for ten, for six years, mm-hmm. and other. I was at the at the Standard. I opened the very first uh, Standard in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I was there for two years. Um, you know, you are in these places for a significant amount of time, and knowing that it is high, it's high, it's very intense. Mm-hmm. Going from one to the other, it's just moving. You're moving laterally, mm-hmm. so it's not like, oh, well, thank God there's this place because I hear that this place doesn't abuse their workers. Oh, I, I wish this is something again. Like I feel like the dining public maybe is starting to learn the cost of how, how this actually affects the people who work there, and uh, you know, I say like they care how the chicken was raised. They care yeah. about you know, there's yeah, there's right. like tweezers <laughs> and microgreens and yes, stuff. And foam. Don't think about it. people. It's a vulnerable population in some ways who works in restaurants because, as you said, that working class, working poor, often, and when people do not have money, is freedom. Money mm-hmm. is the ability to say, "Screw you, I'm leaving," and to not have the money and the power that is there, that it, you, you can perform financial abuse and control on somebody and i feel like uh i i really love what you you said and i want to go further down this about this being a working class profession this being a a, uh, a blue collar profession when people might have this notion of like oh the snobby fancy waiter at this place somehow is an echelon you know above me or, or meets me where i am people who work in restaurants don't come from privileged backgrounds. No. It's well and it's and it's it's so it fascinates me because I I, I love my favorite thing about people and or life is the contradictions and I love yeah. that we have this industry where we are our palates are refined. Like oh, we have, yeah. we have such, we have a high knowledge of quality ingredients mm-hmm. and wine and and yeah. things that that would make no sense mm-hmm. in, in with the people that we with our uh, juxtaposed against our paychecks. Like yeah. we, <laughs> right. we don't, this is not. But but we're providing this yeah. for uh, an environment that is uh, for the well healed. Mm-hmm. Like and, and that is. I think that was one of my most uh, eye-opening moments because when the New York Times reached out to me mm-hmm. in 2017, and God bless Julia Moskin and Kim, Kim Severson. Severson. Yes, <laughs> I they're both they're. Uh, I couldn't believe it, and I'd never obviously. This is not my lifestyle. I've never been a part of anything like this. So, mm-hmm. I. Um, just the care that goes into mm-hmm. reporting of in- integral journalism like mm-hmm. you don't you know this is this took almost a half a year to put together this mm-hmm. story for them mm-hmm. and this is going on for a long time I, it, it was not i didn't understand how that worked and, so and kim's been on this podcast before and we talked about the rigor of reporting a, a story like this and the emotional impact that it has on everybody involved, well, including the reporter. And that was, for me, as a working class woman, I always had this, I guess, I mean, now I know it was a fantasy, but I had this idea in my mind that someday I'm going to reach a certain level of prestige in my own career, in my own life, mm-hmm. and this kind of 
sexualization and this kind of verbal abuse will come to an end. Yeah. Because I, in my mind, thought, like, mm -hmm. as a woman, you just reach a certain position of power and people can no longer um, harm you. Oh, we are learning so <laughs> the opposite here. And so that's why I, I when, when people were coming forward mm -hmm. that I admired as having you know traversed the divide yeah. uh, I I could not believe that I, I was like oh it's every woman it's yeah oh yeah. it doesn't matter how far you go no nope. you have to still tap dance around these salacious and abusive behaviors what in the hell is going on like, yeah it's and it, and then you ask yourself in this situation because I know I have like what have I seen happen in front of me that I just let pass by or I teeheed because I was uncomfortable because I didn't want to confront somebody about it where I didn't want to spoil the party I didn't want to do that and and if you're working somewhere where it's a party atmosphere and it's your job to keep the party going that's got to be such a painful place to be well I mean it's like we were saying before it is my job to mask what the I it is my job to create to create an experience mm -hmm. and that's what I love so much about the pig because everyone would be so pissed off mm -hmm. by the time they got to my table they'd waited for two and a half hours mm -hmm. to you know they they didn't understand and it was my job don't and you I, know who I am yeah <laughs> and, and it was my job to turn their experience around and I loved doing that yeah. I'd love that they, that they might leave that place and look back a couple of years later and say oh my gosh that night was so special mm -hmm. and I enjoyed that and of I was you know jay-z is one of the owners of the mm -hmm. building and he um is one of the investors and he would throw these parties at nighttime on fridays and i and the, i was the one that started those with him mm -hmm. as his bartender hostess mm -hmm. and it was my job to like laugh and serve the champagne and they actually drank patron but <laughs> uh, lots of patron shots and and but jay drinks um uh, ginger ale that's his main drink wow um, but, <laughs> yeah so that was my job to to and, and you'd have you'd I mean it was that you've been upstairs in that room mm -hmm. it's like max capacity 30 people like it's, although we would sometimes push it to sweaty, 100 it's fabulous <laughs> and you don't know and it's and it's dark and you don't know what's going on in any given yeah. corner and, right and stuff's going on well and that's <laughs> I think that's what was one of the the joys of Ken and April is that they were creating this space that was essentially illegal <laughs> like yeah. but like this space that was you didn't there were no rules there were no boundaries mm -hmm. and as a working class woman to be in a place where there are no rules and boundaries it is a dangerous place to be yeah because you come you come with the place you're part of the mm -hmm. furniture you're part of the you're part of the experience and you are uh, for whatever reason people look at the service you know servants as being invisible mm -hmm. and we and and it's part of our job to be invisible mm -hmm. or to engage like we are we're mind readers mm -hmm. um it's, it's, it's an empathetic yes. profession yeah you have to know what people are are what people are needing from you mm -hmm. and um and so that experience of uh, just, oh, I've lost my train of thought. What was I talking but, no, about? But no. creating <laughs> this experience for you know, being a working class person and it becoming dangerous. Yes. yes. And, and recognizing that um, because we're invisible, mm -hmm. we see people do things in front of us mm -hmm. and say things in front of us and say things to us that you just would never say 
with the status that society has pl- where where you've been placed in society. Yeah. I mean, I think this is where you get into people like people are so shocked about Charlie Rose, who used to be an investor in the pig, or you know, like I didn't know he was. Well, well, that's what we learned during the the we learned about all of the investors oh during the. I mean, I, I believe Bono's an investor. I believe Michael Stipe's an investor. I believe Fatboy Slim's an investor. I saw Fatboy Slim in the article it, yesterday. So and they, like, and they're not being held responsible for any of this. They're not an active part of this. But okay. what I would love to see from them, I mean, you know, yeah, we, we have been. Um, we are, are owning 20% of the profits. Okay, so you, we is you and, and 10 the, other... The, and 10 other people, working class women who helped. I mean, we, So you're every, all women who worked there. And one man. Okay. Um, who worked there and, and worked for them. Um, we either worked for the Spotted Pig or we worked for their, their, their companies in general. But mm-hmm. long time people. And every single one of us was a quintessential key member mm-hmm. of of making their establishment successful. So we, it, it, I, I'm blown away by who came forward really, because it was yeah. the most, uh, it was the most influential people in their restaurants that came forward. I, and I know a couple of the other plaintiffs. I know um, Jamie Seat and yeah. Carla Betts. Oh my and gosh. were two fierce, incredible fierce. human beings who I have long ad- ad- admired and liked and all of this. And when I, Saw their faces in the the news report, and then the first time I saw you uh, was in it, it was sixty minutes, was it? Yes, sixty yeah. minutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. but to, this is this is what really um, you can read about something. It was seeing you talk about it that really brought it home for so many people because it this humanizes there, there been, it. Yeah, there had been stories and there had been all of this stuff, and I really think the thing that broke it open for so many people was seeing you talk about it and seeing there's a person attached to this. And I think that it resonates because we are everyday people. Yeah. We are we are your sisters, we are your mothers. Like we are we're not there's no div- there's no veneer to us. We're just humans who are trying to make an honest dollar and I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yes. Because I think that in in low level positions mm-hmm. in quotations how society gauges like mm-hmm. your your purpose or your value um entry-level positions, we're just the most vulnerable people because we're getting it from, if there's an abusive person, you're not going to abuse, or as we've learned, this is not quite the case, you might abuse the person that is your colleague or your Mm -hmm. your contemporary, but it's much easier to abuse the intern. It's much easier to abuse the, you know, the person who who is tap dancing because they are afraid they might lose their job because Mm -hmm. you're being told constantly that you're disposable. Mm -hmm. And in the restaurant industry, I think that's a, a incredibly true and it's written in our handbooks that at any given moment you can be gone and Ken and April did this to us all the time well, and if the, and if the clientele sees that uh, behavior is being tolerated by the management they're going to think well why can't I do that too and perpetrate it as well and if that tone is set I mean you have it's a trickle-down effect yeah because you have people there who are you know not owners and stuff who would think oh so this is how it is and perpetrate that same kind of abuse because that's just the culture that was set there and Ken and April wanted to create that playground they wanted to create that like anything goes atmosphere and I think with that trickle-down you know I always say this about April was created such a toxic kitchen was so abusive to 
us as I mean she just was very a very abusive person um, one of the most abusive kitchens I've ever worked in and I know that that's been one of the the issues when we start speaking about the restaurant industry because there is a common thread here about mm-hmm. kitchen culture and 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 this learned behavior a mm-hmm. lot there people like Ben Shuri I feel have been able to break he's, the molds yeah so he, he's an Australian uh, chef who really saw bad behavior and has started to really call it out because because people were thinking, oh, he's a top chef. I can just be a cool bro and do stuff in front of him. And he was like, no, mate. <laughs> and I think Daniel, <laughs> no, you can't. Daniel Patterson is yes. another one who, who who has broken that mold. So these are the kind of people who I say are true leaders. Mm-hmm. They understand that they don't have to follow the mm-hmm. same code of conduct. Once you get to a position of, of where it's your place, you can change that atmosphere and that's why i think april was such a disappointment to me because i would look at her as a as a woman so ad- mm-hmm. admiring the fact that she had clawed her way up to that position mm-hmm. and there is there there is something to be said about that it was not easy for her that's where her fight air up there she fought her way to be in at, in in that position but when she got there she compl- she it, it was a sheep and and rather than a leader she just created all of the same toxic structures that she had learned mm-hmm. um, being in the trenches of the kitchen culture. So I, you know, I, I think that it's, I think that it's we're 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 starting this conversation about women getting a seat at the table. Yes. And what do you do when you have that position of power? Yes. Um, I I have to say I feel like because these conversations are happening. A lot of it having to do with people like you who have been willing to step up and put your entire life at risk, and uh, in, in in all different aspects to step up and, and say this uh, th- this stuff. Um, the there there's there's this risk to it, and we're but we're finally having this conversation, and it's an awkward one and it's a painful one. And I think that's really, really important that we all have to stand in in discomfort, look at the people who have been the disenfranchised people and give the microphone to them. And part of what happened yesterday is you got a piece of the pig. We did get a piece of the pig. We got it, we're we're, um, profit sharing with, with Ken. And, And I have to tell you, the pig represents something incredible to me. I mean, right now it is in total disrepair. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, we, we've got all the fun financials, like it is, it is going into the ground. Mm-hmm. And I want, uh, my hope for the pig, because I, I, people have tried to resurrect it, like Gabby Hamilton, and, 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 and I would ideally like, this is what I would like to yeah, see. Tell me, yes, I say would it. like to see, yes. um, I would like to see those very powerful Investors like Jay-Z and mm-hmm. Bono and Fatboy Slim, what do they need with a failing restaurant? Why don't they buy Ken out and why don't they donate those shares, gift them to these working class women like yes. myself who made that establishment and made April and Ken's empires what it was? I mean, I would love to resur- I would love to turn that restaurant into a beacon of hope yes. for the working class, for women. I would love to hold powerful salons on the third floor, I, turn that into like a third floor feminist salon. Like, <laughs> okay, it's, it's amazing that you said that. So our um, our previous restaurant editor, Jordana Rothman, had uh, right after all this happened, was told me she had been yelling at, at, at Ken and saying, turn that 
that into a crisis center, turn that third story room into some a place of transformation. Can you imagine? Like, I, I just, I mean, I think that with Ken involved, it's just never going. He's he, so. And to be clear, he's getting out of it. Yes, is no, there, he's it's not. not. Oh, it's, like God. I don't. When I read these things, oh, and God. I heard it said yesterday, I'm like, okay, well, he makes money off of this place. Like, explain getting out of it. Like, yeah, what he wants. I, I mean, he. He's in a. He has really done a number on his mm-hmm. life, and and I do want to speak about the the idea of redemption and the mm-hmm. idea of like being able because I know what yeah. it felt like. To well, have, we got nine minutes oh, to yeah. do this. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but 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 I, I do want to. I, I, yeah. I I don't. I believe in redemption. Yeah. I think that you have to understand what you've done, which I That's, don't think that Ken does. Yes. I think that he's going through the motions of like, what does society want me to say so that I don't hit the floor? Like, what do I need to do? He's in a moment of desperation. I don't want to take Ken's livelihood away from him. I want him to be able to pay for his... I don't want him to do what he did to me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want That's, that. I will say this is a gracious... Thing of you, you are a person. As I've gotten to know you, you are a person of tremendous grace, and I think a lot of people would just be saying, "Like, let that guy burn. Like, let him burn and let him live in rags." Well, I I think that that the complicated thing for all of us is that I know what it feels like to be shamed into silence. Yeah, and I know it's not the answer. So we have to bridge the gap of this divide like we we have to start these conversations and that includes hearing things from Ken and Mario and Harvey Weinstein and Louis CK things that I'm probably not going to agree with especially if they can't take ownership Mm -hmm. of what they've actually done but do I want them to be shamed into silence no because I think that we have to have conversations with people that you disagree with um, in order to evolve as a culture I think it's important, and and it cra- helps crack the egg open. Okay, well, so so Harvey thinks he's a victim. Well, okay, you you allegedly raped all these people. That I think well, it'll probably be proven to be true. And yeah, and, yeah. and 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 Bill Cosby. You know, I mean, it just goes on and on and mm-hmm. on. Unfortunately, you see all the people that have that have really taken a, taken advantage of their positions of power. Um, but I don't. I I would like to see those. M- powerful famous male investors buy Ken out give him enough money to pay off his mounting debts uh, get the pig out of out of its its despair and then I would love th- the women who actually worked hard to run mm-hmm. I would love us to I mean it was it April's right-hand woman is a part of our team she could kill that kitchen like we could kill that space we would just it would it is my hope or maybe we can raise money maybe i'll start a GoFundMe. <laughs> but give the pig yeah. back to the people like <laughs> i yes yeah. i i bring home that bacon like it, I, I i what is this rest, like I, restorative justice is a really really powerful notion that is happening in a lot of quadrants of society and stuff what so if the, is that what that looks like to you to be able to give this this power back to the people to uh, how do you want the the diners the people who have been eating there and enjoying this atmosphere what do you want them to think about well I would love I mean if, if I were able to get my if I were able to actually t- take over ownership of the pig at some point mm-hmm. in my life along with my my the women who are a part of this mm-hmm. case I would love the diners to feel like they were contributing to the to this general understanding of like 
the restaurant industry is changing. Mm -hmm. In our hands, we would be able to actually implement protocol that would make our employees feel safe. We would be able to pull in outdoor HR resources Mm -hmm. so that it isn't just about our company being protected. It's about the Mm -hmm. people who work for us being protected. We would be able to donate a portion of the proceeds to rain or Mm -hmm. just to truly bring it home to say we are invested in... um, in, in revamping this restaurant culture and being a leader in what a, 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 a mentally stable establishment. You can feel pride eating here because you know you're contributing to change. That's such an important thing because I think this doesn't just happen from the owners. It's got to happen from the people who are funding them, from the people who eat there, who are putting... You can... Diners can make decisions with their dollars of where of they course. go and what. And and, and cur- currently can... Oh, you know, he owns that restaurant like he is. And April still owns 24 percent, which is like the the secret that I was revealed when we were going through. this. I, I was surprised. That. What do you want from her? Oh, April, I, I would like April to stop claiming victimhood in this experience because she had all of the control. She had all of the power after she got that Michelin star after she opened up her seventh restaurant. Like she was in, she was the leader of her ship. You have to take responsibility for your life. You have to, to, it's the only way to change Mm -hmm. because if it wasn't her fault, if she did nothing wrong, if she was a victim, then she doesn't have to ever make any alterations and she'll just continue to behave exactly the way that she behaved before. And that's, I, I want, uh, not only would I like her to donate her shares that, because she's not, I don't understand why she, this was her restaurant. Why isn't she being held responsible for any of this? Women don't get a pass because you're a woman. Mm-hmm. You, you are, you know, if you're a, a, one of the leaders, if you're one of the owners, you're taking responsibility. She, she can't just get a free pass, mm-hmm. um, especially because I believe that she created the abusive environment that Ken capitalized on. So, and, and like I said, her, one of her right-hand women, I mean, she made her sign an NDA be, to protect herself. She, she, she made this woman sign an NDA when she came to April to say, hey, I, Ken has harmed me. And, and this woman who kept April's establishment afloat, rather than, because she thought April was her friend, rather than her saying, oh my goodness, I will do anything to protect you. She made her sign an NDA and she fired her. And she gave her a $5,000 severance pay for like a decade's worth of work. So I'm, it's just, I'm so it's sorry. not... Those kinds of people, like April, pro- proves over and over again that she's she's only out for her own self-interest. And until she can stop doing that, um, until she can take responsibility for the selfishness, you know, it can't just be about money. It can't just be about fame. There are people who are building your empire. And if you're building them on top of, if you're building your empire on top of people's backs, yeah. you got to you got to take a look in the mirror and figure out, what do I need to do differently? I believe change is possible. I want this. I want this better pig for you. <laughs> I just got the sign. We have two more minutes. So I want to ask you, um, there are more people out there oh who are 
There was, during the press conference, it was mentioned that there is an open and credible exploration uh, into Mario Batali's activities. And when they were saying his partners, does that mean at the pig or did that mean I think they're talking about Joe Bastianich okay. I think they're talking about the that the Bastianich okay family. So, so they were saying that there is an open investigation they ask anybody who has information yes. to come forward so what would you say to that scared person who is holding on to this thing who is worried about their position in the industry who's worried about their livelihood who has something that they want to say because you know those people are out there what would you say to them I would say that I know it feels like the idea of coming forward that your life will be over because the restaurant industry is such a tight-knit community and the people in power have often retaliated against. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ken is one of those people. Mm-hmm. You would you would blackball list people throughout the entire industry by making phone calls mm-hmm. uh, to make sure they could never work again. But it has changed. People will embrace you. Uh, people like me, please, I'm. you can find me. I will help you. Like, I... I you are not alone, is what I would say to them. And don't feel like you have a responsibility. You only have a responsibility to your own mental health. Mm-hmm. But if you can muster the courage mm-hmm. to be able to speak your truth, somebody else will be able to do that eventually as well. And it will be a, it will be a domino effect, and we will all stand together in this. Uh, so just know that you are embraced. So, and... and your fear is um, is understandable, but there is so much love waiting for you on this side of of the of the divide. And for you too, Trish, I cannot uh, say enough how grateful I am for everything that you have done over the the past few years to make it safer for um, this industry that I love, for people in the industry that I love, for women at large, for you changed the world and and I, I thank you. And God, I hope after these few days, after these few years, you have some good comfort and (laughs) self-care. Folks listening for these, find Trish, buy her a spa visit, (laughs) buy her like like a deep tissue massage, please. Yes. (laughs) And I can't wait for your next chapter. I'm so, so grateful for you. (laughs) So, okay, we're going to pinky swear. Okay. This year, this 2020, we're going to light up the world. (laughs) On fire? No, not on fire. We do not no. them, do no. not like the word on we're fire. Gonna, we, we, we are going to warm. we are going to illuminate the world. Gonna, and you already have. Thank mm. you so much, Trish. I love you. I love you right back. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find Trish, she is easy to find on the internet. I'm on Facebook as, as Trish Nelson, and um, on Instagram and Twitter, I'm at Banter Girl STW. Okay, and for folks who don't know, she's also an incredible performer who runs a reading series that has recently rocked my socks. So she will have information on her social platforms about her, but deeply talented individual. And uh, I also want to throw out those uh, support resources again Crisis Text Line at 741741. It's a free service where you can text anytime. 24-7 and a trained volunteer will get right back to you and it's really great because you can do it quietly 
um, which is a great thing, so nobody has to hear you talking on the phone. Um, the uh, RAIN, which is a national organization to deal with survivors of sexual abuse and violence, is out there for you as well, R-A-I-N-N. And those are really good resources to pass along to have in your pocket whenever you use them. And this uh, podcast is part of Food & Wine Pro, which we established to really talk about issues in the industry from uh, from Me Too to uh, wages to uh, how to keep sane in this uh, very, very fraught and beautiful industry. So if you go to foodandwine.com, you can find the pro section there. Sign up for the newsletter, which is written weekly either by our editor-in-chief, Hunter Lewis. Uh, he has some incredible advice for the industry on a weekly basis. I'll pinch hit on occasion, and you can always find the latest podcast there. Please subscribe to us on all your different podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, your retainer, uh, wherever you happen to find these things. And leave those comments, leave those stars, because that helps people find us. I'm easy to find online. I'm Kitten with a Whip on Twitter. And if you want us to be talking about any particular subject, or you have a guest you think we should talk to, or... If you need somebody to talk to, I can help you get a message to Trish or whoever else. But um, really, thank you for listening. And please take great care of yourself until the next time.